Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you into our show where we talk about all things past, present, and future when it comes to technology. But we like to do so in an interesting and digestible way without a lot of geek speak or a bunch of acronyms. We just want to talk about tech that's important to us and important to you. We also want to talk about Cardinal Capital because they are the sponsor for this segment. To all the business owners and CEOs out there, hopefully you have a good relationship with your bank. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders with a source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business so they can present your needs to the lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important to banks, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they'll help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. Call 225-308-3700 or email info at cardinalcap.net. Okay, Mr. Davis, let's let's dive into, into a big pot of tech gumbo here. Sounds great. So we'll start off with the news of the week. The big news of the week is that Amazon Web Service had a massive outage, and it created quite a problem. Yeah, their server US East 1, which hosts 32% of the internet, according to the website Satista, had a huge outage and it led to a lot of big time services coming down. When you host one third of the internet, yeah, you're going to go down. They took down Disney Plus, Prime Video, Alexa, Ring, Tinder, League of Legends, and, and and just a whole bunch of other websites as well. And that's that's tough. Yeah, I mean, that's it's the problem of having so many of our things centralized on one platform like Amazon Web Service. But when Amazon Web Service is so big and normally so good, that's you know, leads to that bait of having everyone's land there. And so whenever they go down for hours at a time like that, you see a lot of people affected. And it wasn't just other companies. Amazon itself was quite affected. Their their warehouses, oh, by the way, run on Amazon Web Services. And so... It impacted the ability to make deliveries. It impacted their ability to fulfill orders because they didn't know where anything was in the warehouse because the computers couldn't tell them where to go find things. It sounds a lot like what happened with Facebook. It's not quite as bad because at least it makes sense that the Amazon systems are running on their entire web service as opposed to Facebook being a social media platform running their security system. That that one feels more egregious, but yeah, whenever 
everything that you own is on a singular platform and you have no redundancy and you have one point of failure like this, that will eventually fail. And that's the amazing thing to me that Amazon doesn't replicate across multiple data centers and 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 I'm sure they they do replicate but they don't have failover so that if AW East goes down East one or whichever the you know the data center goes down why it, everything doesn't just automatically roll to two or to three or wherever I, I I don't understand that I mean maybe because it's just so much traffic to to reroute one third of the internet maybe you can't just do a failover uh okay yeah i mean that's like saying oh well whenever there's an accident why don't one third of the cars all just take the other road instead you're gonna have a, a traffic jam miles long and so i mean i i am surprised they don't have any any backup or any um plan in place but i get why you don't just push everything to a different nexus yeah i I guess i just i don't know i would have thought that that there would have been more redundancy built in than absolutely than just the oops we're down we'll be back in a little while you just you know y'all hang out especially because that facebook outage was so bad two months ago if that like you would think they'd be putting extra time in to make sure they don't end up as you know pants pantsed um as facebook was and this isn't i mean amazon had another another outage like this back in june and and so what lessons did we not learn in june that we failed to learn and remember this time and hopefully somebody's taken a few notes somewhere along the way and said let's don't do that again yeah being down a couple hours at a time once every six months is pretty bad that's that's a really low percentage because normally they guarantee 99.999 and you just start adding more nines on the end of that you're not there here no because the 99.9 still leaves you with about 12 hours a month of downtime then you go 90, you know, 99.99. Okay, well, that still leaves you a couple hours. Then you get to that third nine, and now you're 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 down to still 15, 20 minutes. And when you get to that nine, that fourth nine, now you're you're under a couple of minutes. They didn't they didn't live up to anything past the second nine in here. <laughs> yeah, this is just surprising. This this is very. I mean, I I guess I'd expect better. I don't know. Oh, I know I, I do. I expect better. I mean, when you're that big, when you host a third of the internet, yeah, I expect better. Oh, they should be better. We should demand that they be better. But am I surprised? Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Not anymore. Speaking of surprising, we found a story, NordVPN... I did a report and they found out that your credit card, your credit card number is only worth $5 on the dark web. Yeah, that's pretty comforting, I guess. That it means that you're not super worried about the dark web 
really being interested in stealing your credit card information, they're probably more interested in other things about you. Because $5, you know, whenever you start packaging a lot of them together, now it starts to become a bit more interesting. But if your credit card falls out of your wallet and someone takes it down and buys $200 worth of stuff at a local's uh, bar, that's way more impactful than someone in second world country sitting at a computer taking $5. That's, that's not a whole lot. No, it's not. And when you consider your health records are worth 50 bucks, whereas your credit card is only worth five, that kind of tells you, you know, who, what, what those who are buying things, buying information think. Because if it's just about your credit card, yeah, they can get that anywhere. But your well, health records are much more interesting to them. I think it's also about the security that your credit card has built in that if you have just a credit card number it's much harder to fake a digital transaction like that and oftentimes it'll throw up a flag and the discover or the mx or the mastercard servers will just pause it and they'll send you a notification saying hey normally you live in baton rouge louisiana but we just got a request from hungary is this you and then you just say no and transaction over and so, you know, that's a whole lot harder to monetize. Whereas if you have health records, now I can show you ads and I can show you all the ads in the world because that's doesn't have that same level of security between you and the fraud. When you start worrying about your credit cards out there, know that it's it's really not that valuable to somebody across the Internet. It's much more valuable to somebody who can get their hands on the plastic yeah the uh that physical card because it has the the chip inside of it now you know if you have the the cvv number on the back of it those are the redundancies built in in order to keep it more secure that's the thing you should be much more protective of speaking of protective microsoft has been launching some privacy security and trust attacks towards Google's Chrome browser. About 2 billion users worldwide got notifications from that the Chrome browser has been less than secure on a number of occasions. Yeah, anyone who attempts to download Chrome now from a Microsoft platform will now get a warning message. And that's wild. This is a huge fighting statement from Microsoft that Chrome is by far the biggest and best browser, or it's, it's the, the most used browser. We'll, we'll, we won't say anything about biggest or best, but it's the it has the largest market share by a crazy amount. And so Microsoft's saying, oh, yeah, sure, you can download Chrome, but it's kind of dirty, kind of stepped on, you know, come use this nice secure edge. That's right. Edge is the shiny new toy that you'll enjoy so much more. And oh, by the way, we're using Chromium. It's the it's built on the same platform that Chrome is built on, except it's our stuff, not their stuff. Yeah, come come let us manage all your traffic. Come let us see all those sorts of things. Don't let Google see what you're doing online. Let us see what you're doing online. 
because we're Microsoft. We're much more trustworthy than those people in at Google. Yeah, sure they are. <laughs> so we've kind of talked a little bit in the past about Windows 10. And lo and behold, it's been out for several months and there's actually been a few people who have uh, downloaded it. Uh, so far, it appears to be about 9% of the users out there who use Windows computers have actually upgraded to Windows 11. Yeah, the this is probably a little bit slower than what Microsoft was hoping for. 9% uh, in the first couple of months is a pretty low number. But, you know, as we talked about many times, Windows 10 is actually a pretty good operating system. It's stable. It's been around for a while. People have learned it. It works. And if you're a business and you have the option of taking the risk of changing something and having to adopt all new software and things like that, with not a whole lot of benefit, you're going to just sit around and wait it out. So if 9% has actually downloaded in the first three months, if you went back and compared to the beginning of Windows 10 when they rolled out three months in, it was just under 4% who had upgraded to it. So you've more than doubled the percentage of people that have upgraded but you were going from Windows 7 to Windows 10, and Windows 11 is really just more kind of a Windows 10 plus. It's not a real complete overhaul and upgrade the way Windows uh, uh, 10 was to 7. So, you know, maybe the adoption rate is a little faster because people just look at it as, yeah, okay, fine. It's just a click, you know, just move along, move along, whatever. Interestingly enough, though, there's still about 3% of people using XP. So that's that's not great. If you are still one of those people using Windows XP, please stop very quickly. Well, it's very little that they can do with that Windows XP computer because Windows XP is only going to su support the browser from the Internet Explorer and it's not going to, to you know, maybe Internet Explorer 11 is the think the, the latest version that it would support. And very few things on the internet are capable of seeing Internet Explorer 11 anymore. So unless you're running some latent software that just needs, you have to have it. God, I hope you don't have anything secure on it. That's That's important to you though. That's true, and that's not even taking into account the hardware, because any computer bought in the past decade isn't running XP anymore. Or <clears throat> So it's your machine also probably is very old and needs to be turned over as well. Well, I'm, I'm, I know there are several instances where people are creating virtual PCs on their computer and they're running Windows XP on the virtual PC. And because they, they have one specific program that has to still run on Windows XP because nobody will write an updated software. So I, I, I'm familiar with a couple of different places that are doing that. And we have tried and tried and tried to get them to stop doing that, to find some new software, but they're just happy where they are and 
they don't really feel the need. And okay, so, but that's that that's an I can see where that's happening. But still, three percent is kind of that's kind of a lot. I wouldn't expect it to be that kind of that that large of a number. Yeah, I would, I would expect you know that kind of niche case wherever you just have to have that old software, maybe down the one percent, half of a percent, something like that. Three and a half. That's a that's a pretty sizable number. Considering there's a billion computers out there running Windows platform stuff, or two billion computers, three percent's a big number. Oh yeah, especially if you are some hacker out there looking to go after something vulnerable. Man, you are just lining your sights up. Yeah, that, that's 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 odd. That's really really odd. Speaking of odd and or odds, the betting world. How'd you like that transition? (laughs) I liked it indeed. (laughs) Betting is the next battleground when it comes to streaming sports. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. A lot of the sports streaming platforms are starting to look at ways in which they can partner with betting platforms to have them be more naturally integrated. When you you have... A platform like ESPN is partnering with the the, the fan duels or, or the DraftKings, and they want to have shows running on on ESPN, the DraftKings Sportsbook. And hey, come learn what this is. Who we recommend you bet on, and you know these are the odds, and this is. You want to you bet this versus that, and I I'm just amazed at at how prolific online gaming has become. Makes a lot of sense to me because there's a lot of money being made there, and so and you also see attitudes shifting around it. I think that it's not the same. You know, maybe 30 years ago. Gambling was much more stigmatized, and I think it just doesn't quite have that same negative aura around it anymore. And so I don't think it'll ever end up on the Disney platform, but ESPN being far enough away and, you know, maybe put it on ESPN2 or something like that, or you put it on one of the the farther outs. When you when you have, I mean, ABC and, and ESPN are synonymous. They are, they, there is so much crossover between the two of them. And you start having that kind of impact. I mean, I can't imagine how it's too very. You're certainly seeing the local ABC affiliate here during the 10 o'clock news. They have somebody coming on talking about sports gaming and and odds and, and who to bet and everything. It's become that prolific. So then the, the local 10 o'clock news is talking about it. That's surprising to me that the local news has someone because if you were to say, oh, well, you know, LSU was a seven point favorite, you know, we we expected them to win this game. Okay, that's a little bit of context. But to say, oh, you know, here were the lines from all the games today, things like that. You know, this team covered that team didn't. That's that's surprising to me. And most every sports radio show that I listen to has at least one segment a week where they talk about sports gaming and and who they're betting and 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 what what they're betting on over and under you gotta it's amazing the 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 proliferation of of sports gaming 
is, I mean, it's just wild. Yeah, I, I'm sure that the the large large checks come in. It'll do that every time. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. The mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. The true testament to GI's success, however, has been the strategic support to our clients' growth. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 173 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. and the show reruns Sundays also 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you can go back and hear it as a podcast, check us out on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Music, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, you have any suggestions, or you have a question, let us know. Text us 225-255-0431. If we use your question as the question of the week, you will get a free Tech Gumbo mug shipped to you. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.